Please stand for the gospel if you're able. A reading from John. There came a man who was sent from God. His name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light, so that through him all men might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. Now this was John's testimony when the Jews of Jerusalem sent priests and Levites to ask him who he was. He did not fail to confess, but confessed freely. I am not the Christ. John replied in the words of Isaiah the prophet, I am the voice of one who, of one calling in the desert. Make straight the way for the Lord. They questioned him. Why then do you baptize if you are not the Christ, nor Elijah, nor the prophet? I baptize with water, John replied. But among you stands one who stands one you do not know. He is the one who comes after me, the thongs of whose sandals I am not worthy to untie. This all happened at Bethany on the other side of the Jordan, where John was baptizing. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. And now, O Lord, we pray that the words of my mouth and the meditation of each heart will be pleasing to you. O Lord, you truly are our strength and you are our Redeemer. Amen. Amen. Well, it is so good to be in your presence on this third Sunday of Advent. Traditionally, the third week of Advent takes joy as its central theme. How can you say joy with a sad face? And his candle in the Advent wreath, you've noticed, is often rose-colored. The overall idea here is that while Advent is a time of longing and waiting in the shadows for Christ to come, there's also room for taking some anticipatory joy in his coming. The focus of our scripture on today is from Isaiah, and it's towards the end of what is considered by some scholars to be third Isaiah. We know that the book of Isaiah covers several centuries, and uh, we know that there were several writers, of course, who penned this particular book. First Isaiah warns the kingdoms of Israel and Judah of the calamities to come. Second Isaiah is situated during the time after the fall of Israel and Judah and Babylonian captivity. And then third Isaiah, which is um, that section of the book that we're focusing our attention on today reflects the return to Jerusalem. We notice that the message throughout the entire book of Isaiah is consistent. It's a message that calls for repentance and remembering while promising repair and restoration. Let me, let me correct that. We know that in the third book of Isaiah, there's a consistent message calling for repentance and remembering while promising repair and restoration. The promise is now fulfilled. The people now are returning to their homeland. And what they discover as they look around is not shiny buildings. They recognize, they see ruins. Those who the prophet addresses are the descendants of those exiled from their territory. Those who are 
the listeners of the prophet today in Isaiah chapter 61 do not have direct experience of the former glory or even the initial pain of separation. The prophet addresses those who only have memories shared with them by their elders, memories that were bathed in hope and expectation, hope and, past, and expectation passed on to them by their grandparents, by their parents, by the elders, those who the prophet is addressing in today's text return with the promise of comfort, healing, and freedom, and the power to bring about reconstruction. So the question for us on December 17, 2023 is, what can we glean from this text that you've read that you've heard and you're hearing. I want to share with you that as I read the text and as I continue to read the text, this is what I glean from it. We serve a God who sees, who hears, and who acts. Notice what God sees. He sees the poor, the weak, the oppressed, individuals, and nations. He sees. He hears. He acts. That's going to be a refrain throughout my sermon today. This text informs us that God sees our situations, whatever place you find yourself at, whatever you are going through, God sees you. God knows. God hears when we cry out. It doesn't matter what the circumstance might be, even if you are the cause of being in the situation that is not a good life-giving situation, God still sees you and God still hears you when you cry out. Even if the circumstances appear not to change in the moment, God sees. God hears, and God acts. If I had a watch, and I don't wear watches anymore, but if I had a watch, I would take it off and throw it at you and say, put away the timepiece. Trust God to act in God's own timing. Yes, as we look at the text, the conditions that are described here in verses 1 through 3 raises the question, how is it possible to experience joy, fierce joy at that, in the midst of such circumstances. How can we experience fierce joy? I'll tell you how. Because we serve a God who sees. We serve a God who hears. We serve a God who acts. No, no, don't get me wrong. No, the conditions are not joyful. What brings joy, what brings fierce joy is knowing that God sees, God hears, and God acts. The author and theologian Henry Nouwen puts it this way, while happiness usually depends on circumstances, joy runs deeper. 
joy, he writes, is the experience of knowing that you are unconditionally loved and that nothing, sickness, failure, emotional distress, oppression, war, or even death can take that love away. Thus, joy and sorrow can not only coexist, joy can even be found in the midst of sorrowful circumstances, end of quote. How, how, can we, how can we move forward in the midst of difficult situations with fierce joy, Pastor? I hear the question. We can move forward because we walk by faith. And we walk by faith, that faith that comes by hearing the word of God. And that message brings is good news. The good news of Jesus Christ. I, 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 sidebar, side notes, I know, I love, I just love to watch uh, Kelsey Clear lead us as worship leader, because when you watch her, you recognize that she's not just mouthing words. You, you recognize that because of her relationship with the Lord, there is this intimate communion that's taking place between the two of them, even while she's leading us in worship. Can I just say thank you to God for Kelsey? Let's thank God for Kelsey. Yeah, faith comes from, from hearing the good news about Jesus Christ. And people hear the good news when someone tells them about Christ. And so Kelsey not only tells us, but because she has this relationship with Christ, it's obvious that she's living through it. I have just put her on the spot. She is so embarrassed. She doesn't know what to do. <laughs> but what we need to see today are people who are so in love with Jesus that even as they speak and sing and talk, you can see Jesus through them. The words of the prophet are clear and relevant to their condition. As again, here's a quote from Shalom in Paul. God has anointed this prophet to deliver a message of consolation, to give hope to the disheartened, to expedite the release of captives, and to console the bereaved since their grief and mourning is about to be transformed into festive joy. The rebuilding of the people the rebuilding of the people, the rebuilding of the people in the community takes priority. Yes, they have returned to Jerusalem. Yes, they see themselves in ruins. Yes, I'm sure they're wondering, how are we going to rebuild physical buildings? But the prophet wants them to understand, first and foremost, there must be a rebuilding of the human community. The rebuilding of the people in the community takes priority. Yes. By the way, end of quote. Yes, God is still concerned about the poor. God is still concerned about the brokenhearted. God is still concerned about the captive and the prisoners, even today in the 21st century. And someone is asking the question right now, Pastor, how do you know? How can you say that? Well, it's very clear. Because Jesus Christ, God's son, the one whom John the baptizer was sent to point the people to, uses Isaiah chapter 61, verses 1 and 2, in his inaugural address that's recorded in Luke chapter 4, verses 18 and 19. Listen to the words of Jesus, the light of the world. 
The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor, to preach good news to the poor. Yes, God, through Jesus Christ, is still concerned about the poor, not just in spirit, but also the economically poor. God is still concerned through Jesus Christ about those who are bound spiritually and who need to be set free. And God is also concerned about those who are unjustly incarcerated in American prisons. They're bound and beyond the borders of the USA. Yes, God, through Jesus Christ, is still concerned about those who are spiritually blind, who are still walking in spiritual darkness, as well as those who are physically blind, who cannot afford I care because they don't have the necessary insurance. Yes, God, through Jesus Christ, is still concerned about the oppressed, those spiritually as well as those who are physically oppressed. And because God, through Jesus Christ, is concerned, then we, the body, the church, are to be concerned as well. Yes, we serve a God who sees, we serve a God who hears, we serve a God who acts. Therefore, we walk by faith. Walking by faith and that faith that comes by hearing the word of God. That message of the good news that is found in Romans chapter 10, verse 17. So faith comes from hearing the good news and people hear the good news when someone tells them about Christ. Who do I need to talk to about Jesus Christ? Because they find themselves in a place of darkness. Who do you need to talk to about Jesus Christ? Because because they are in a place of darkness. Yes, we can experience fierce joy because we know that in spite of all that we see, in spite of the darkness that we see, this life is not all that there is. We can experience fierce joy because we know that as followers of Jesus Christ, as light bearers, wherever we go, the light of Christ shines through our words and through our actions, through our attitudes, yes, We serve a God who sees, we serve a God who hears, we serve a God who acts, and therefore we can have fierce joy even in the midst thereof. I'm reminded of the fact that the joy of the Lord is my strength. Nehemiah chapter 8, verses 9 through 11, because the following And Nehemiah, who was the governor, and Ezra, the priest and scribe, and the Levites who taught the people, said to all the people who had gathered to hear the law of Moses, this day is holy to the Lord your God. Do not mourn or weep. You see, as the people heard the word of God, they began to cry. They began to weep. But Nehemiah says to them, go your way. Eat the fat and drink sweet wine and send portions of them to those for whom nothing is prepared. For this day is holy to our Lord. And do not be grieved, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. 
there is really a correlation between pure joy, my relationship with the Lord, and the strength that is made available to me. Yes, we can experience fierce joy in the midst of all that is going on around us. We can experience fierce, fierce joy in spite of all that is taking place even within our respective households because we serve a God who sees, we serve a God who hears, we serve a God who acts through Jesus Christ. When I met the young adult family, they had recently been gifted with a newborn baby boy who had special needs. They permitted me and the congregation to be companions on their medical journey with their newborn baby. The congregation and I prayed for them and their baby. I made hospital visits. It was a roller coaster of an experience, the medical journey with this newborn baby who had special needs. And yet, through the congregation's actions and my actions, this couple realized that the God whom they had placed their trust in through Jesus Christ was a God who sees, a God who hears, and a God who acts. Before I left that church where I had been assigned, the family blessed me with the gift of a bracelet and inscribed was the following verse, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7. And it reads, for we walk by faith, not by sight. As the Amplified Bible would say, we, for we walk by faith, not by sight, living our lives in a manner consistent with our confident belief in God's promises. Yes. Evangel Heights, United Methodist Church, family members, friends, and visitors, we walk by faith and not by sight. And because we do, I'm going to encourage you as I encourage myself, let's experience the fierce joy that comes when we do trust the God who sees, the God who hears, and the God who acts, not only on our individual behalf, but also on behalf of God's world that we're called to serve. Yes, in this Advent season where there is darkness that we see, inhumane treatment of others, economically, socially distress of others, even invisibility of others, we proclaim this day that we will walk by faith experiencing the fierce joy that is ours because we are followers of Jesus Christ. Now, I don't know about you, but when I think about the joy that is mine because of Jesus Christ, I'm able to look at those relationships that are not the best, those relationships that are heartbreaking. I'm able to look 
at miscommunications. I'm able to look at folk who don't always understand what it means to be a follower of Jesus Christ, and so they act like it's only about them and their personal preference. I'm able to look and experience all of that with fierce joy because I know that the God whom I serve through Jesus Christ is a God who sees, it's a God who hears, and it's a God who acts. Let us pray. We give you thanks, O Lord, for your word, and we're just mindful of the fact that even today, as this congregation and those who are worshiping uh, with us as visitors, we're mindful today that things are not always right in our individual worlds. We know that things are not right in the world that you love. And yet, because you see, because you hear, we know that you will act. You will act in love. You will act with justice. You will act with mercy. And we thank you in Jesus Christ, the light of the world. We pray, amen. amen.